Today's episode of Hoops Adjacent is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you with indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home. We're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. You know, we didn't have a show last week, Waz. We were off last week um, as the pandemic uh, impacted everybody, right? So we were trying to think about, you know, what to do going forward. But I did want to talk before we bring CJ in. CJ McCollum will be our, our guest in just a couple minutes. I wanted to talk about this this Philly thing with the with the Sixers kind of having to walk back, as I put it on Twitter, Michael Jackson style moonwalk back uh, on Motown Twenty Five. Their plan to reduce salaries twenty uh, percent across the board uh, for employees making more than fifty thousand starting on April fifteenth. It was, and this was for the Sixers and the Devils at will employees. Um, and the backlash was so strong, something really incredible happened. They walked it back. <laughs> they took it back and said, our bad, we messed up. And that just never happens, you know? Um, and so it was, uh, it was a great example. I think that there is still a place for, you know, well-targeted outrage to have a real impact on what really rich people do. You know, man, it's, 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 it's so crazy because the backdrop of this, the subtext, David, is that Joel Embiid, the Sixers star and star player, their most important employee. And let's right. never lose sight of the fact that yes, the power dynamics are different between Joel and his employer than say a vendor at one of the concession stands, obviously, but the fact remains right. that he is right. an employee. He draws a paycheck from somebody, right, to perform a physical mm-hmm. task, right? Like, he, he's a worker. The fact remains that the subtext of this was that Joel Embiid said, I'm going to give 500000 to medical workers and basically said right. he didn't put a number on how much he would try to help the workers. He basically said, I'm all in right. trying to help these people. Yeah. Didn't put a number on it. Right. 500000 each to the relief efforts and to the employees, just to make sure I had the number right. But yes, that's exactly. said, I'm in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever needs, needs to be done to help these employees out. It's remarkable to me that even in the midst of a pandemic, that we still have this kind of nickel and diming of people who really don't have the means to fight back. You know what I mean? They don't have a, a megaphone. Uh, they don't have rich friends. They are, as the term goes, at-will employees. Like if I decide tomorrow I don't need you anymore, I can fire you and you don't have a gig anymore. You know, and so it's just astounding to me that that's the default position. You know, and I get that you're losing money. Everybody's losing money. You know, we're all losing money one way or the other, either directly or indirectly. And that that is the default position less than three weeks into this thing. I haven't lost the capacity to be startled. I can't say that I'm shocked, but it's still shocking to me. And you know why they can get away with this, uh, um, David? And, you know, 
the name of this podcast is Who's Adjacent for a Reason. So if you're apolitical or you don't want politics ruining your sports and blah, 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 you can turn the channel right now. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, we live in a society where we're conditioned to think that when people don't have money, um, they don't, you know, that they're all, they hit hard luck. They don't, they don't matter. matter. Or yet worse, they like, they're bad people for it. <laughs> you're irresponsible. Right. Right. You didn't think ahead. Right. You should have three months worth of rent in your savings account. Right. You need to stop being frivolous and this and this, that and the third. Right. <laughs> but American Airlines can make billions upon billions after a bailout, <laughs> buy back stocks in their own company, highly leverage themselves so that they can, you know, fool the market into thinking that they're a more profitable company, can't sit down for two months, and they're the first one with their handout. Right. But we don't call them irresponsible and worthless and stupid and this. They're not pariahs for having lost money. They're not pariahs for being down on their luck. They're just business as usual. Mm -hmm. But we tell people when they need help that there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And that's why these cats in Philadelphia thought they could get away with this shit. But I'm happy that the public sentiment is changing, Dave, in such a way that people were literally outraged by the notion that these hourly employees would have their pay cut 20% just so these billionaires could keep that. Yeah. Yeah. As if their lives will be material affected at all. You know, oh, I don't get to go to the country club for three months. Boo hoo. <laughs> it's, it is startling to me what, what people, what is viewed as sacrifice, uh, in, in certain quarters of this country right now. Um, you know, I'm a very lucky person, Waz. I got a house. Yeah. You know, I have food. Yes. I have electricity. Yeah. I got Wi-Fi. Yeah. What the hell do I have to complain about, Nothing. really? You know what I'm saying? Got Somebody's family. asking me. Somebody Like Larry Davis said the other day, they're literally telling you, sit at home and watch TV. What the hell is what, – what are you complaining about? Are you nuts? <laughs> you know what I mean? What is, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know – you know, there's people who literally are down to their last $50 yeah. in the bank account and can't yeah. pay anything. You know what I mean? So if you are fortunate enough to have a roof over your head, if you are fortunate enough that your family members have roofs over their heads and you have, and like I said, you got food that you can eat tonight, toilet paper or whatever it is, flushable wipes, whatever you got. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you crazy? You can't go to the club tonight or you can't go to the restaurant or the bar that's really that's a material impact on your life. Are you insane? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's startling. And you know, uh, we did a we did a patron little live patron show for Count the Dings last night, Dave. And I shared a story with with people. Yeah. Um, and because I only learned of this uh, uh, yesterday, and I'll share it with you here and our listeners. So you know, the NBA hands down their decree that. The season is basically done until further notice, right? That was a Wednesday. Um, Friday night, L.A. was still open for business, and so was New York. People were out and about. Sunday, New York was still open for business as well. And I sat on my couch with my girlfriend, and we watched my two cousins blowing hookah smoke into their iPhone cameras from a hookah bar in Brooklyn, right? And we sat right. in judgment, and we were like, right. these people are ridiculous, this is crazy. Why are they doing this? I text my cousin like, y'all wild and whatever. So yesterday I actually heard from them. And one of my cousins who was there was sick for 10 days, mm. was extremely sick. A friend of theirs who was right. also at the table with them got sick and passed away from coronavirus. Oh, my God. 
literally my age, 33, 34 years old, had an asthma condition and passed away from coronavirus. Like, this is serious business, man. Like, it's really serious. Um, And, you know, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I just think people need to know, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, but yeah, you're right. But the point is, like, like, you know, the the sacrifice that, that most people are being asked to make is not a sacrifice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, people act like they're like they are going to be destroyed if they don't get to do their favorite thing that they like to do for a couple of weeks for for a few weeks. If you can lock your door, you are doing better yeah, than so, so many, many other people. people around the world. Yeah. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's just crazy to me. Come on, I mean, this is people are dying, and you know we got a leader who trotted out an idea about oh we need to get business started. Wouldn't it be nice for people to go to church on Easter Sunday, and you know obviously it was walked back, but like you know the reality of this is hitting everybody, even our our great leader forty five David. Like the reality is even <laughs> hitting him. Like this <laughs> is not going anywhere for a while, man, and people are dying in the meantime. Literally dying, the ultimate price. So yes. you know, I would encourage people to stay home. You know, I'm you know I'm blessed and thankful to still be able to draw a check. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like exactly. you know, we're lucky in that in that respect, and obviously still get to tap in with Da every week, and you know yeah. talk to Jade all the time, and you know tap in with my people. But like you know, just stay home, man. Stay down with you. Right. Check in with everybody around you. It's important. FaceTime is getting worn out. I know it. I, yeah. I hope the servers, man, can I, handle it. Man, but, you know. This I wish is, I had necessary. invested in Zoom. I wish I had invested in Zoom well, but, back well, in the day. Well, it's a privately <laughs> traded company, um, Dave, so you can't even oh, is it? Okay, okay. Yet, you know. Because so, <laughs> it was looked into, believe me. <laughs> On that entrepreneurial note, we will be back in a minute with C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers. Let's bring D.A. into the conversation here. Welcome to Zoom. Adjacent on the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and just like the boast in his braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yeah. got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship money to so can't pay for the charters for the water polo <laughs> in Iowa. Hoops adjacent. Welcome to Hoops Five, four. We have ignition. And welcome to another edition of Hoops Adjacent. I am David Aldridge, as always, joined by Waz Lambre. Waz, what is up, sir? I'm good, man. I'm chilling. You know, um, just just trying to stay in good health, staying in touch with my family and stuff, and you know, just dealing with my neighbors. Literally uh, reconfiguring their whole crib right now. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> right next door. <laughs> they staying, but they staying six feet away, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, of course, and, and as Mo Dacchio said, um, now I have an excuse to cross the street when I see white people. So, <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny you said that. Was I've been thinking that because we live right by a park. We live right by a park, was, and I swear to God, I'm walking through the park and I see folks come near me, and I jump to the other side of the street and I go, 
oh yeah okay so this is what they see okay <laughs> it's so funny you say that oh my god i thought i was the only one who thought that that's amazing that's so funny that's oh so, my goodness that's so good that's so good and that other voice you just heard is my man cj mccollum who has graced us from the portland trailblazers who is with us today this week cj thank you for joining us bro no problem man i've been going on walks and and avoiding people as well and it's funny to see <laughs> It's funny to see how certain people react. Some people get more than six feet away. Some people don't care. Right. Others, others just cross the street and then give you that half-hearted wave. It's so funny, CJ. I swear to God, I think this all the time. I see like joggers, especially when they come, and I jump to the other side of the street, and they look at me like, "Why are you jumping to the?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> you might well, have it. Well, you never know. Welcome to my safe. world." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> So that is hysterical. So, CJ, man, um, look, first of all, first and foremost, um, glad to hear that everybody is okay, all the family is okay. Um, but just, man, what is it like to not have a schedule? I have to imagine for some, you know, athletes are creatures of habit, man. They have a schedule. And what is it like not to have one? It's honestly not too bad because I still created the schedule within itself. Yeah. Uh, conference calls, meetings, podcast recordings, workouts. Um, I've just kind of created uh, a situation to where I can have some normalcy, even though this isn't normal. I've been able to create uh, a situation where I can have some balance in my life where I'm doing certain things throughout the day to not even keep busy, but to, to stay distracted and uh, just not get not fall into that uh, that path of not hooping. I can't go to the gym, so I just sit around all day. So I, I try to make sure I'm doing something and, and, and staying on uh, some type of schedule at the home, even if it's, all right, now it's time to eat. Yeah. <laughs> time to eat and then watch this Netflix show. <laughs> Man, you've got to – You I watch mean, your Tiger King too? Oh, Man. crazy. Beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Tiger King yet, but it's on our list. Man, so – CJ, how do you get how do you get workouts in when there's no access to a gym? I mean, I'm sure you got stuff at home. So what is it you try to do just to just to get a little bit of cardio, a little bit of sweat on, and uh, keep keep uh, keep as fit as you can? Yeah, I played myself, man. When I first bought this house, I was like, I don't need a gym. I can just go to the gym. I don't need this stuff. So I played myself, and now I've been forced to beat the masses on ordering stuff online. So. Uh, my wifey ordered kettlebells, so we got kettlebells. I ordered a bike or two. Our, our head strength and athletic coach, they've been bringing over stuff that we can use daily, uh, medicine balls, things like that, to where we can still get workouts in indoors. And obviously, you can always do the gel workouts, push-ups, dips, sit-ups, um, and we have a jump rope to use. So just trying to utilize some of the resources around and uh, make the best of this situation. You always reminded me of somebody who was – you know, very business minded, right? Not to say that you don't play the game with a with a lot of joy and you don't love the hoop, but I feel like the way you've approached your career is to understand that, you know, that this and it's become cliche for athletes to say this, and that this is a business, right? Um, and you know, my colleague Ethan Strauss, he he kind of feels like the fans don't like it. The fans don't want to think of you as more than a player. In fact, they'd probably rather think of you guys as squandering your money and doing terrible things um, with, you know, the gift that you've, that you've sort of been given with a professional sports career. 
Um, what's what's your thoughts on that, man? Because you know, and even your your forays into media very early into what you're doing. What's your thoughts on staying business minded? I think it's important. You you see the end. You see the end game, and you have a goal in mind of how you want it to end and what you want to be in position to do when it's all over. I think I've uh, situated myself well uh, from a portfolio standpoint, not just um, in stocks and bonds and and venture capitalist funds and franchising and real estate, I've been able to build, you know, a, a network in the journalism world from a podcasting standpoint to doing radio to writing. I've been able to do a lot of different things and sometimes it's frowned upon by the masses, but uh, usually when you play well or have success on the court, uh, they kind of forget about it. But the, the moment you, you don't have a great game or things aren't going well, they will blame anything. <laughs> anything mm-hmm. going right why you aren't succeeding and, and hit you with the you should be in the gym right now but it's midnight stick to sports cj stick to sports <laughs> get off of netflix do a push-up come on are you working at midnight like, <laughs> so, like that's how i feel I, I just don't worry about what people think i, I built my business uh, the same way i built my game i work working hard doing my due diligence asking questions surrounding myself with the right people and fearlessly approaching and attacking it. And that's the same way I've, I've built my off the court business. And I think I'm in position now to where if it's, if it's over at some point, you know, when this game is over, I'm in position to continue to succeed and move forward. You, you mentioned some of the things you were doing and I was listening to your podcast. And by the way, I didn't mention it. Excellent. It's my fault. Pull up, pull up with CJ McCollum. Uh, great title, by the way. Uh, and it's um, on Apple podcasts and all, all the fine podcast delivery systems. Um, but you had mentioned on one of your podcasts you were really into the real estate game now. And I wonder how you got curious about it and what you wanted to learn about it. I am definitely involved in the real estate game. I have learned a lot about it and taken meetings and figured out ways to kind of educate myself on how to become more successful in real estate. Uh, started with uh, some small purchases on properties once I spoke to the right people. Uh, my financial advisor surrounded me with some some great educators and, and successors in this business, uh, Don Peoples being one of them, um, the first black billionaire in real estate. Uh, he's been helpful in, in just kind of describing the market, understanding you know what areas you should purchase in and, and being very helpful and uh, reviewing some deals for me, as well as the uh, real estate team I've, I've surrounded myself with. Um, Scott Bennett being one of those guys who's helped me a lot uh, in real estate. I've ended up purchasing properties um, on college campuses, I purchased some properties with teammates, uh, Pat, Anthony Tolliver. We're working on a senior housing project in Missouri. Just kind of building the, the business and learning about it. I think the, the important thing is, is that you learn about it first, then you expand upon it and uh, eventually put money into it. How do you do that during the course of a season? I know it's, you know there's a continuing education component to everything. But this is, you know, this is your money. This is your time, right, that you are investing in learning about this. So how do you do that during the season or is that something that waits to the off season? Uh, for me, uh, I know how to balance my time. And obviously recording a podcast takes time, but I'm sitting at home. I'm literally on the couch right now under my blanket looking at the waterfalls as I do this call. And that's the same way I do other calls uh, when it's, right. it's involving my business. Like I don't I don't have to be running around or um, exerting uh, physical energy. It's just more mental, being able to lock in, you know, bus rides. I'm in the hotel a lot. As an athlete, you have a lot of downtime, and uh, I use my time wisely. And uh, I've been able to uh, – this, this is my seventh year in the NBA. I've 
I've been able to balance it, you know, wisely to where it's easy. It's phone calls, uh, being able to have text conversations. You can review deals. You're, you're reading stuff. Uh, able to go through tablets and, and things of that nature. And uh, if people knew the, the type of commitments we have in the basketball world, or mandatory appearances we have to do through the team, like all that stuff is time. Uh, but they don't see it. And when you have to go to an appearance, maybe it's 30 minutes away, you're in the car. That's a 30-minute phone call I could be having. CJ, come on, man. Just be grateful. You're a millionaire. Be grateful. Stop complaining. Come on, man. We know you, you, you're lucky to have all of this money. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you you didn't work lucky. For it. You didn't work for this. You, you're shooting the ball through a hoop. You didn't put in any time. Come on. You didn't have to walk three miles to work and three miles back up a hill. Come on. I didn't, but my ancestors did. Mm. <laughs> Talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I carry the torch for those who sacrifice. You know what no I'm doubt. saying? Like, I, I love I'm, it. I'm taking advantage of everything. I want it all. I want it all and stuff. I, I watch what you do a lot, CJ, because I think you're one of the more fascinating guys in the league. And as soon as the work stoppage was announced, you were the first person to be like, look, um, this is an opportunity for guys to understand what it's like to go without um, sort of, sort of implicating like, look, man. Next time we have a fight with these people, um, this is these are the type of sacrifices that will have to be self-imposed. Um, I know this is out of our control right now, but like, you know, you were sort of giving people that real talk directly after it happened. Now, obviously, you're an executive in the players' union and all of that. What what drove you to put that out there so soon and so immediately? I just feel like sometimes people over overlook you know, these types of situations or don't take advantage of them. And I want players and not just players, but people in general to really think about, you know, what this situation has done and not only for us, but to us, a lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are forced to be at home and maybe potentially work from home. How are you utilizing your time? Are you complaining about it? Is it, woe is me? I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. I can't leave the house. I'm stuck here. This or that. Or are you utilizing your time appropriately? You know, some people, are out here, you know, taking phone calls, researching, reading, learning, um, taking advantage of people around and building their network. And other people are just pretending to work from home and watching Netflix all day and eating and getting fat. So, like, <laughs> it's all about right. your approach. Like, what are you going to do? You're an NBA player. You're an NFL player. Uh, maybe you're uh, a professional who works a nine to five um, for some type of company or business, but now you're forced to be at home. How are you bettering yourself so that in the event that this does happen again, you're better prepared to go forward? Are you building your business outside of your, your current work? As we've seen, if you have all your eggs in one basket, bad things can potentially happen. There are so many um, unknowns, right, with regard to the rest of this particular season. Um, but you are a vice president of the Players Union. Uh, there has been reporting of late that there are discussions between the league and the union about potentially uh, taking some of the players' salaries that have not yet been paid and putting them into a large escrow account. I don't want to get too deep into the woods here because I know this is stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of fans maybe don't understand. But what are players telling you about how interested they are in doing a deal with the league to put some money away to keep the balance between the split of revenue between the players and the teams where it is right now at 5149. Honestly, we haven't really talked about that particular situation or scenario in, in depth yet. I have a, actually have a call when, when I hang up with you guys 
uh, which is when we'll go more into detail about options, uh, proposals made by the owners, uh, board of governors, et cetera. But I mean, as of right now, I think like, like we've talked about, everything is on the table. You have to figure out a solution to a huge problem we've never had before. So financially, uh, obviously there's implications to not playing basketball, not playing basketball for the rest of the year means we lose 23 and a half percent of games played regular season in a complete playoff run. Not to mention the issues we've had uh, with uh, a certain owner in China. You know, that affected the BRI as well. So this is a year where Adam has been put to the test. uh, And Adam has responded admirably. He's done a tremendous job of of being in front of uh, essentially everything. But it's this is the point where we have to just really discuss, you know, bunker down and, and, and come to an agreement on a solution going forward because a lot of money is at stake. A lot of people's lives are at stake um, right now. And uh, I think it's more important that we worry about uh, health as opposed to basketball. And I think going forward, that should be the approach, uh, health over everything, figuring out how to keep the most people, the most amount of people safe uh, going forward. And then we can figure out the logistics of what everything else looks like later. CJ, man, um, I'm so, and again, and I, I hate to act like I'm kissing your ass because you're on our show, but I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on a, a, a topic that's related to this. And is guys like Kev Love, Zion Williamson, um, et cetera, et cetera, Joel Embiid stepping up to pay stadium employees, right? People who ostensibly get to have their checks signed by those dudes' owners. Um, and I hate using that term, but whatever. We're just going with that for right now. I, I think it's hard for the public to conceive of you guys as workers yourselves because your salaries are public and they are so much more than the average American worker. But me personally, I'm going to put it out there. I, I think it's kind of appalling that Zion Williamson, a rookie in this league, would step up and pay the Benson's bills for them. I think that's insane and it's crazy. I'm very interested to know your perspective as a player. And, you know, and of course, you happen to to play for one of the richest NBA, probably the richest NBA family, if not for Balmer, um, in the Allens. I'm very interested to know your perspective about guys just being human and stepping up. And then, of course, you see what happened in Philly where these guys are telling working people to take pay cuts. These billionaires are doing that. Um, I just I'm really interested to get your perspective on it as an NBA player yourself. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's simple. I think it's to each its own. Obviously, um, everybody handles situations differently. I'm more in favor of free will. I think I commend, you know, Kevin Love was was the one who started it, you know, reaching into his pocket, you know, as a millionaire and paying out of his pocket for staff or employees for people in need and, and, and kind of spearheading the uh, COVID-19 uh, coronavirus relief. I think it kind of shows who he is as a person to his character, to his core. Um, do I think he should have to do something like that? I don't think he should have to do anything. I think um, it's not his responsibility. Uh, I think it's, it shows that uh, he's a good hearted human being uh, looking at some of the owners who, who haven't uh, come out of pocket or volunteered to come out of pocket until players have, I think it kind of shows you, you know, what they're about mm. um, with all due respect. You're a multi-billionaire. I never count other people's money, but um, <laughs> You should be in a position to either speak on it to where you just come out and say, hey, like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for uh, my employees 
because you know not saying anything is saying something in my mind so i think you if you don't feel that way you should speak on it and i think there are some owners um in the league who have spoken on it i think cuban has done a great job he was he was at the forefront of this he came out and said it right away i'm already working on the stimulus package i'm working on a on a plan for uh, workers, not only that work for me from a, from a Dallas Maverick corporate standpoint, but for a in arena standpoint, I think Jody, she's done a tremendous job. 1.4 million. It was, it was a part of the discussion early on. Like, I want to make sure I take care of our staff. Like uh, they mean a lot to us. They mean a lot to our organization, our corporation. These are owners who acted with no hesitation. Now you look at some of the owners who hesitated or still have not done anything. You look at Nineteen-year-old brain is, is not even fully developed yet. You know, you look at I statistics. Mean, your brain doesn't fully develop until after twenty-five. It was right. a no-brainer for a nineteen-year-old who who had just finally become a millionaire to reach into his pocket and, and to give out money. But it wasn't a no-brainer uh, for the owner who's had billions for years. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 goes without saying. I don't think I even need to comment on that further. To each his own. I never judge anyone. You do what you want. It's your money. You made it. You worked hard for it. If you want to keep it to yourself, you keep it. If you want to give it away, give it away. I'm not here to judge. Uh, our Lord and Savior is here for that. I'll do it for you, CJ. That, that What happened in <laughs> Philly was shameful. It was shameful. And it's nice that they came out and said, you know what? We messed up with our initial response, but it was shameful. It was disgraceful what they did. That Joel Embiid had to come out and publicly do what he did, and I'm and I'm proud of the media for stepping up and shining a light on it. Like, yo, these hedge fund guys are worth how much? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, what? We yeah. like Joel Embiid's money is public. Um, I'm pretty sure his Adidas contract is public. Like, we know what he makes, and it's significantly less than those two cats. And they came out, and again, they come out and they say, look. The 20% thing that we came out with first was stupid. It's like, that's their instinct, CJ. You hit on something. You're talking about a Zion's instinct as a 19-year-old young man. His instinct is to help. Their instinct is to gouge people. That's it's shameful, man. I know you don't want to, you know, rag these guys. You guys are in business with these guys. But it's I, I was appalled by it, quite frankly. Honestly, I wasn't surprised at all. Hmm. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> There's a reason why certain things happen the way they do and why certain things eventually get exposed the way they do. Um, think about it. This isn't the first time this has happened. This is the first time that it's become public. Right. Look at most owners in the league. Right? Like you, you ask me what I do for hobbies. You know, I'm in real estate. I'm in all these different things. I'm, I'm working on franchising. Um, to own an NBA team, you have to have a, an unbelievable amount of money. That's right. Like the money I have is unbelievable to the to the average working citizen. The money they have is unbelievable to me, and I've signed up to make hundreds of millions of dollars. So that, that kind of gives you perspective. That gives you perspective as to yes, they have so much money they pay me hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. right. So right. you look at the owner of let's go with New Orleans. I have a feeling that owning this team is a hobby, which means that he has other hobbies that make more money. Mm. This is just like a toy. Like we're like This is Mrs. Benson, by the way, who owns the team now. <laughs> this is play money. Yeah. This is play money. You know what I mean? Like you know how like I, I try to decide like what funds I want to invest in and it's like all right, I can afford to put X amount of dollars here. They can afford to set a roster, handpick players and pay them. It's play money. <laughs> right. That's exactly right, man. I mean, well, this is the problem that, that I always have when we deal with collective bargaining issues and fans. It's amazing to me, CJ, how fans 
without fail will side with the billionaire owners <laughs> over the this bootlicker mentality. Baby. You know what I mean? But it's across the board, though. It's like, yeah. well, wait a minute. But they're the ones that write the checks to these guys. So they, by definition, they have much more money than these guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, it, it always amazes me. But it, it's, it happens within seconds of any, any story that you ever write about collective bargaining. If you even, if you even hint that the players might have a point <laughs> when they ask for this or they're looking for that, the deluge of, t- of tweets and hate mail and hate comments you get is just stunning to me that people will just automatically side with the billionaire. <laughs> and it's without fail. It's sick. It's a sick world. And they, they always want people to take less. It's like, well, would you take less? Exactly. <laughs> Are you going to go to work and tell your boss, I know I'm worth 200000 but you can pay me 80. Ain't nobody <laughs> doing that. Right. No one is doing that. Like, they don't look at it that way. You know what's funny about that, CJ, is your man Joe Harris said something like that before the season started. I wanted to damn near throw my phone when I saw it. He was basically like, man, I'm happy with my salary. I, I get paid to play a child's game, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he coming up on free agency. I'm like, yo, I get it. I get the pandering. This was all around the China stuff. I get the fan pandering. I get that that's part of the game. But when you as a player come out and say you don't care about the money and you're already getting paid too much, maybe keep that to yourself, bro. <laughs> like, maybe keep that to yourself. He feel like he's getting paid too much. I feel like I'm getting my work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting what I work for. I don't, exactly. I, I can't, he can't speak for me. He's speaking for himself. I know my mm-hmm. work. I know how I work. I know my value to an organization on and off the court. Right. I'm getting what I deserve. I work for this. And if, if I didn't deserve it, they wouldn't have paid me. You best believe if you don't deserve it, your boss is not giving it to you. Not twice, not three times. That's for sure. When Conan O'Brien decides how much he should get paid, he doesn't look at what, you know, some local guy gets for being on TV. He looks at what Jay Leno gets, right? <laughs> he looks at what Stephen Colbert gets and he says, well, I do what they do and I'm as good as them. Or I actually think I'm better than them. I should get what they're getting, right? <laughs> I mean, this isn't hard. You compare yourself to your peers. Whatever it is that you're doing, you compare yourself to your peers. You are as good as whatever the market says you are. And you are whatever someone is willing to pay, that's your worth. Exactly. That's it. That's End of it. story. Especially in a cap league and all of these other things. But I think the fans, it's funny, man. The fans identify more with ownership because they see their interests as being aligned with that of the teams. And so they see the owner as being on their part of their team. They're on... I don't know. It's it's this weird adversarial relationship they have with the players who are ostensibly providing the entertainment, the joy, the highs, the lows, the everything that we love about this game, right? That we love about our game. Um, But for whatever reason, they think their interests are more so aligned with these billionaire dudes. And, you know, and I think it's to our detriment, all of us societally to be, to to pledge such fealty to these cats and, and assume that they always know what's best and they're always doing the right thing. If we just, you know, we leave these guys to their own devices, they're going to they're gonna take care of us. Daddy Billionaire is going to take care of us. No, the hell they're not. <laughs> you know, like, and they show this over and over and over again. I mean, how many times do we see someone get traded without even knowing that, without even a call, without even a text? They find out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, come on. 
I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. An owner and, a, and an organization has a right to do whatever they want, whatever they see is best. And I support it 100%. And a player has a right to do what's best for him 100%. And I support him. So if he or she wants to leave, I feel like they have every right to, as long as it's contractually allowed. Yeah. They're not happy there. They can leave. If you work at Apple, you work at Google, if you work for Nike, you work for Adidas, you work for Lee, and you're not happy, you have a right to leave once your contract is up. And I think that's what people have to realize. It's like you're only commit, you're only in over your head for what your contract says you are. If you're a three-year guy, you 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 owe that team for three years. And year four, you got a right to do what you think is best for you. Right. Hey, I wanted to I wanted to ask you also about you know, the kind of how about potentially saving this season. I know there's a lot of different ideas being talked about right now, but obviously I'm sure you've heard the the idea uh, that's been floated around of a 30-team playoff. Everybody gets in, everybody gets into the playoffs. And I just wonder, as a member of the team with the best record who currently is not in the playoffs, <laughs> what you think about that? <laughs> I mean, I can't be against a situation in which I get to make the playoffs, although I'm not in the playoffs right now. I have to be in favor of that, right? Like I have to like that idea. No doubt. <laughs> How can I not support a situation in which I get to make the playoffs when I'm not in right now? But you, so, so you don't have any problem with the uh, the i you know the notion that um, you know whether it's you or a team like New York or the, the teams all the way at the bottom that they should also get an opportunity to win a championship this year. I think, depending on how it's set up, a team that's not supposed to win ain't gonna win. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I think it's at times it's survival of the fittest, but the fittest usually gonna survive. Like hypothetically, do you see an upper echelon team losing a series to the Knicks? No. <laughs> you said it. That goes to your work. <laughs> <laughs> your words, not mine. I think they'll figure out a way. If there is a way, they'll figure it out to where they're smart businessmen and women. They're all in alliance together, and they know what teams push the envelope from a marketing standpoint, from a TV standpoint, from a fan viewership standpoint. They're not going to compromise. Those teams are in a situation where they can be compromised, um, especially if they deserve to be. Think about it. You, you, you're one seed. You deserve to be home court. Right. Right. You deserve to play probably the team that's an eight seed because you earned that right based on your regular season performance. So they're not going to put teams in a position to be compromised. And I'm sure owners aren't signing off on uh, the <laughs> signing off on the bad first round matchup right. when they earned the, the matchup of their choosing right. based on their positioning. Yeah. No, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Um, look, uh, CJ, I know you've got a lot of stuff on your plate. Um Truly appreciate you having time to spend with us. His podcast is Pull Up with CJ McCollum. Uh, talks about everything. He interviews all the players. He interviews Carmelo and Katie and Jalen Brown. It's a great listen. Terrific listen. Um, and uh, I want to thank you and, and good luck to you and to your family as we all try to get through this insanity uh, of the next couple of months because uh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. So uh, stay stay low and stay safe, my friend. I appreciate you, man. I'll continue to practice my uh, social distancing from afar. It's easy for me, CJ. I don't like most people, so it's easy for me. <laughs> you and me both. Yes, sir. <laughs> appreciate you, CJ. Thank you, man. This was great. All right. Yeah, have a good one. Take care. Man, I love talking to CJ. Uh, he and I play, well, he didn't 
he played, I watched in the same conference, uh, the Patriot League. I wanted to give him a shout out for uh, repping the Patriot League was, but uh, brother's got uh, a lot going on. I enjoy talking to him. He's a smart young man. I've always he's enjoyed great. the way he looks at things and, and how he's handling himself, how he's handled himself really since he was at Lehigh, just a first class kid. Man, and you know, and obviously, Dave, you've been covering the league for a while, and we all remember the nadir around the malice in the palace about the NBA having a quote-unquote image issue, and this, this, that, and the third. C.J. McCollum is a model NBA citizen. He's everything you want in an NBA player, like everything. Um, so it was so dope to talk to him, man. Yeah, he's 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 a really really cool cat, and uh, you know. Uh, I hope his team gets in the playoffs. I don't think they deserve to be in it, but that's me. You know, that's how I roll. Um, but, um, Waz, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's a long week for all of us. Um, and it's going to be a long couple of months, but, uh, I just say to everybody who listens to this podcast and all of the podcasts on the athletic network, hang in there. You know, like, uh, Waz said earlier in the show, reach out to people, see how they're doing. They, they will appreciate the call or the text more than you know. Uh, and we'll all try to get through this together. Um, and, um, you know, feel free to check out what we're doing on The Athletic. we got a three-month free trial subscription. If you aren't a new subscriber, check it out for a few months. We're trying to do everything we can to bring you good programming, including this podcast, and hope that you enjoy this. And back with you next week. Jason.